Hi there, Glocal citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu, and this is part two of my conversation with Mr. Terry Singh. Terry is a former ad man who now is the vision behind his own fashion brand, a menswear label in his name, Terry Singh NYC. His aim is to translate the practicality and elegance of the traditional Indian dhoti for a Western consumer. With multiple shows appearing at New York Fashion Week and features at this year's New York Men's Day, he created a buzz on the pages of the New York Times, Vogue, and WWD magazines, to name a few. When asked about his aesthetic, he shares, I used to be inhibited about what I wore. I kept my head down because I felt people were staring. Then I realized I don't know what's in people's minds, and I started to dress for myself. A question I always ask people is, if today were your last day on earth, what would you wear? Dress like that. And with that, we move back into our conversation where Terry picks up where he left off, translating his experience in the mountains of India to New York City streets. Dhotis, I came back to New York and I started wearing them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And of course, the dhotis I was wearing, they were poor man dhotis. They were like a black one, which means uh, when you're like somebody died or you make a pact to to make a like Lent. Okay. You know, like you, you do, and Lent you do for 30 days or whatever. I don't remember. Yeah. One year. And then, well, the, or, you, or you wear white in, in, in certain cultures. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, the, that's what the black one signifies. Okay. And then there's the, or, the orange one, which is, you know, like the whole, like the priests wear and so forth. Sure. And then there's the white one. And so from, and I, I go to the temple store and I buy fabric. That's okay. what I do. Sure. And so, because it was cheap. Yeah. You know, when I say cheap, I'm talking like, you know, eight, 65 cents a yard. Oh, wow. Meter, right? It's so yeah. thin and cheap. I yeah. have them. Yeah. Um, and I still wear them around the house because, yeah. well, you know, they still work. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I would go out in New York and I, like, I'm still myself. I'm still like this businessy guy. And going, uh-huh. I'm going to Raul's and I'm going to Blue Ribbon and going to all these like really nice places. But I normally go to, but I'm not going with different clothes. Yeah. And I can, I sort of envision like people will part, you know, or, <laughs> or even in the, in the train, people will part a certain way. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And, uh, I ended up going to Etsy and eBay and I started looking at fabrics. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, okay, well, I still, I'm not going to change, mm-hmm. but I just maybe have to change the garment. Ah, okay. The styling. So, of it. Yeah. So I hired, uh, uh, designers that I, I know, like we know people in New York, designers, sure. seamstresses and so forth. Yes. And everybody came up with a skirt. Okay. Which is like how, how a woman's skirt is made. Right. And I'm like, what? this is not what I'm experiencing. Sure, like, why sure. am I going to do that? Exactly. Yeah. So then I, I was like, I have to go back to India, but I was ready here. So I started uh-huh. looking up Indian designers and I'm talking like the, like the wedding designers that their clothes cost twenty, thirty thousand yeah. $30,000. i am like, I'm going to buy one uh-huh. and I'll just copy it here because I already, we can't do it here. We can make it here, mm-hmm. but we can't do the design that they have there, like mm-hmm. how to make that work. Mm-hmm. And I, I was calling Delhi. I was calling Mumbai. Uh, the guy's name was Tarum Tayali. I'm butchering his name, but he, his work was amazing. But his staff just would not return my calls. And I would get them on the phone and they're like, we'll call you back and we'll Never come back call. with shipping costs or whatever. Sure. It and I get it. You're in New York. They don't want to take the order. It's just one order and they have to deal with the shipping and the packing and all yeah. of that. Yeah. Come buy our stuff or don't buy our stuff. Buy it when you're here. Yeah. 
So I started buying the fabrics and I bought a sewing machine, mm-hmm. bought a commercial sewing machine because mm-hmm. as a prof- I'm always a professional in business, so I always buy commercial things like yes. that. I found amazing fabrics on Etsy. Mm-hmm. I went to the fashion district in, in New York, mm-hmm. but it was a mess. It really was. It was mm-hmm. just like, a, you have to go through to look yeah. what you want. And yeah. like, I had no idea. And so I figured, look, the easiest way to do it is because of our lifestyle here, just buy the best. Mm-hmm. If you buy the best, you're, okay. you don't, you know, the most yeah. expensive, you're, you're in a different category of fabrics that's going to work. And sure. so, forth. so I found what are called jobbers. Okay. These are people who get leftover uh, oh. pieces from the mill or yeah. from the factory. Uh-huh. And especially in Italy, where they do the stitching, mm-hmm. there uh, there's always a little bit of leftover. And the mm-hmm. jobbers have relationship with the factories and the mills. And they'll get about nine meters, five meters. Not a lot, not a lot of mm-hmm. fabric. And But it was enough for me to start buying and start making them. Sure. And so I bought them. And then uh, the first seamstress did something really good. She put a waistband on it, like you make a man's suit. Mm-hmm. And so I took that and I was like, all right, there's structure in here. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing, learning how to do the pleats. And I bought a commercial iron mm-hmm. and I learned how to pin. I used to watch mm-hmm. a lot of YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I learned, they say pin, 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 pin. That's what I, I would do one pleat, I would hold it and I would pin it with six or seven pins. Yeah. And then I would do the next one and I'll measure and I'll pin. And yeah. then I'll, I'm sorry, I'll iron and then I'll pin on. And then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell you to not exaggerate. I would, to do, to do a wrap, I would end up using seven to eight meters. Wow. And I would have, I would have, cause it has to go around my waist, right? Which is like 34 to 36 inches. And then yeah. it needs to wrap around on top of that. Yeah. And my pleats are five inches oh. um, under. Right. Ah, because okay. I don't want it to be compressed like a woman's, like yes. a, like a, yeah. an accordion. Yeah, you want it to lay flat. And yeah, so all, yeah, well, also the Indian dhoti. When you look at them, they they when we did do them in India when I was there, sure. they would lay it one on top of the other, uh-huh. and then they would tie it in the front. Ah, so I'm accustomed okay. to it being a very masculine, sure, a weighty kind of. That's garment. right, exactly. Yeah. Well, just the front part of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I would um. I saw so I, I, for me, the pleading was important. And then I just started making them. I was better by me making them in India. And the way I make the dotis is the way they do them in North India, which is like it goes through your legs. Mm-hmm. Because I want that pleating layered in the front. Cause, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in South India, it's called a lungi and it's only a wrap. Oh, like a okay. sarong. Okay. But I put the two together. Okay. So because I wanted the pleating of the nord, but I didn't want to wrap down my legs because how are you going to go to the bathroom? Yeah. Like, that's a nightmare. Yeah. And I like the openness of South India. Sure. So I put the two ideas together that worked for me. Okay. And with the waistband that we make here a suit. Uh-huh. And I didn't end up, it worked. Okay. It just worked. It was easy to come on off. And I used just eye and hooks. Okay. There's okay. a there's a guy from West Africa. And he was a he was a, a tailor at the Bloomingdale's and so, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, you don't need to worry about that. Dude, you just put the hooks in reverse and ah, tension sure, and tension sure, will sure, hold it. Sure. And I was like, no way. Yeah. Now we do buttons and buttonholes, okay. but back then, and I still yeah. do them like that because they work. It's yeah. just easy to yeah. it's easy to move a, an eye, yeah, eye over exactly. or add two on, exactly. and it's not a big deal, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that was the birth of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I would 
because of the nice fabrics and it was a new look and I didn't know this but a beard started growing oh okay and I didn't care and okay. also my hair started going long and okay. also I didn't care like, uh -huh. why it, you don't it, it became not about fitting in anymore yeah. or how I look sure uh, it was more of about experiencing life. okay okay and uh I didn't know something was happening because I, when I would walk down from my neighborhood here of Columbus Circle area yeah. and get out to Soho, yeah. they, as soon as you hit Soho, people would start taking your photographs. And I didn't, uh -huh. I didn't, they would stop you, but sometimes I didn't know that one day I had to take a part, I ran out of money, so I took a part-time job 20 hours a week at mm -hmm. the Bloomingdale's. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I would wear them at Bloomingdale's and, you know, mm -hmm. they wouldn't say anything. Oh, okay. They, they didn't approve of color, but I wore it anyway. Sure. And, Interesting. And I remember the sales director would come down and she would say, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Because then you're going into areas that you don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Right? And I'm a professional, so it's not yeah. like you're some like trying to be like out right, there and so right, forth. Right, right, right. But the beautiful thing about being in a creative environment like Soho, which mm -hmm. fosters like uh, the cool, it was like the mm -hmm. cool thing they area mm -hmm. to do, mm -hmm. is that you were felt very supportive down there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I was at home. I was like, oh my God, like that's it. Mm -hmm. People like, you look at me, I think, what are you doing? But my neighborhood here, I had created, uh, I've been I've been here since 1979. I know mm -hmm. everybody in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have children. I grew. I had three children. I was ra I raised in this building. These okay. are my children. Yeah. Photos of my children, and mm -hmm. then um, I became aware, like aware of like the looks, and and I would put my head down uh, uh, as I would walk down the street. And sure. in those days, when I first started, I was actually tying the doti with a knot and rolling it up. Okay. This is before the construction when sure. I started. Sure. The, what I was talking about was the, after I developed that. And by Got the it. time I get to the subway, mm -hmm. it was it would fall moved. off. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd have to yeah. wait for the train because it's usually when I go down the stairs. Yeah. And so yeah. when I get down to the, I let the train go by and I'll go behind the stairs. Yeah. I would roll it up into a ball because you can't open the, you know, seven yeah. meters of fabric. Yeah. I'd roll it up into a ball and when I would get the Bloomingdale's, I'd go, down, I'd go to the alterations room downstairs <laughs> uh -huh. where there were two people working there and sure. they know me because I'm wrong. I, I worked in men's design, which is suiting. Yes. So because exactly. I was there, I was in the alterations room all the time. Sure. And then I would go into was a guy named Jose then he would come help me and we would just use pins and, and pin it up it and it looked terrible oh no <laughs> because you're pinning just a hole yeah and there yeah. was I remember sometimes we couldn't get it get that get it right because yeah. it was a black or whatever and it would be a long piece left over <laughs> and I would just take it and throw it over like a like oh a, like, like a, a, a shawl a shawl yeah. like that yeah and it would be now oh look at this you know and being there's no judgment in that area yeah. yeah so nobody said anything sure. so it and all of a sudden, I became, in my mind, because of people around there and like doing that kind of fabulous. Uh -huh. Because you can uh -huh. you can wear that yes. now and go on. So I went from yes. like a normal everyday person to a person that just wears whatever they want and sure. do whatever they want, really, because sure. we couldn't hold it together. Sure, sure. And that's the premise of how I started making these. Okay. And I started making more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And then one day, this couple, uh, Tom... Um, and Andre, two good friends of mine, um, Tom Blackie, and uh, and as part of Andre, uh, I was going to a wedding, mm -hmm. and uh, my partner at the time had a hat business. Mm -hmm. She was going to Parsons, mm -hmm. and I would deliver hats for her to their store, mm -hmm. and they love what I would wear, and they're on a, they were a fabulous gay couple. Yeah. Like, like they they love everybody and everything. Ironically, everybody loves them too. Like okay. they foster uh, just a loving family. Yeah. Like, and it exists all the time. Yep. 
right now they do and they're like we're going to a wedding can you make us a piece but it was only like two days for the wedding so i took the friday off of bloomingdale's and i had enough fabric to make one i couldn't do and i made one for tom mm-hmm. and it's this one right here actually. oh wow it, i brought okay. it back i brought it back to um to fix the, the he lost some weight and he said, okay. and I remember him coming, he's, and he's Scottish. And he's like, can you make it shorter like a kilt? And I said to him, no. No, because it's a doti. I'm like, I don't do kilts. Like, yeah. if he wants to, but and he, yeah. And, yeah, I remember he, he's like, okay, Donatella. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know. That's what he did. He got, yeah. I was like, um, I'm sorry. Like, why would I want it? You can yeah, go and eat. Get a I was like, you can go to yeah. Amazon and order one because yeah. we looked at them. Like, because yeah. we're trying to make this. Like, they're all available. Sure, sure. And uh, but uh, and then Henri wanted one with the layers. Yes. And so, or I was doing a bubble version of it too. Like, I was mm-hmm. just doing a lot of experimentation mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And he, he ended up borrowing one of mine. Okay. And the issue that I it looked great on them, mm-hmm. but. We only had jackets, like regular jackets. Ah, long jackets. Long jackets. And I I have a Gucci tuxedo from when I produced a film for the opening night. Mm -hmm. I wore a tuxedo, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I have a very nice jacket. But when I put it on, the jacket was just long. Yeah. It just didn't work. Sure. And Andre ended up wearing his own, and it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. But they were a hit at the the Mm -hmm. wedding. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, it did look amazing. Yeah. And then I was like, I need to figure this out. And then at Bloomingdale's, uh, one day I was going in the morning, and there's this young guy. He looked like he was 16 coming in. And I know everybody, I'm, I'm 55. This, I'm 55 now. Yeah. Um, this is, I don't know, eight years ago. And I put my, I was like, oh, I'm Jack. I'm new here. And he was working for Ted Baker. And then I, uh, I said, what do you do? He says, oh, I'm a designer. This is my first, I just moved to the city from Boston. I said, what do you make? He goes, I make suits and Jack. And I said, really? Mm. I remember putting my arm around him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're my new friend. You're going to be my best friend. <laughs> right. And he goes, look, he goes, I can help you. But he goes, I'm not into, I'm, I just do the design. I don't really do the stitching. Okay. Like it's a craftsman or. Sure. And so that's what he did. And he's a really good designer. And it turns out he's learned more and more about craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. He's an excellent craftsman now. So the, okay. the combination of the two. Sure. He's a superstar. Sure. But I, it was, it was sheer luck fate, whatever we want to call it, that I ended up working at Bloomingdale's in a place where mm-hmm. fosters creativity mm-hmm. and had fabrics and I learned about suiting and mm-hmm. fitting mm-hmm. and that I met somebody who just got out of school and a combination of all of those things, I developed a look mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, serendipitously or not. I don't know. It just yeah. happened that way. Yeah. And uh, now we've been doing uh, fashion shows and yeah. uh, a lot of good things are coming out of it. Sure. And it's still a long way to go wherever it goes, it goes. But the most important thing is what we're doing now is it for, for some people, it actually is important. They send me messages all the time, mm-hmm. like personal message on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And also sometimes when I'm walking down the street, I remember two young guys uh, went to a Soul Summit party in Fort Greene Park. And then a couple, I don't know, like 20 blocks later, I, I was crossing. I was going to another party. And these two guys ran over me. These two, like maybe 25-year-old, 23-year-old white guys. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we saw you there. And we want to thank you for like you, like being here. I had no idea what they meant. And mm-hmm. and then I thought about it. And uh, it's like, I'm, I'm like an older man. Mm-hmm. And I have a beard. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing a skirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm dancing happy and mm-hmm. free in the sun. Yeah. And to them, it made, uh, they were both gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and it made, uh, uh, 
it easier to see in the public eye. You can be free and be comfortable. Sure. And that, and I felt very fatherly to them because mm-hmm. I have four children, mm-hmm. and I and I realized like what I was doing had meaning to people, just being mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that I should pay reverence to it. Mm-hmm. I don't. Sure. Like it's not about fashion. It's not about uh, looking good. Right? It's a, it's yeah. about the experience of being yourself. Yeah, like that yeah. was that that's really where like all of that led me to that realization. Those mm. those two guys, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's the story right up to now. Okay, I mean there's more, but that's yeah, like course. that. Too. You ask, you ask the foundation of the doti to yeah. to here, and that's yeah. where yeah, that's exactly. Okay, so I typically ask the question, why the where? So how did you come to be living, working, and playing where you? currently are and you kind of already answered that but tell us a little bit more about your new york my new york i mean my experience here yeah so you you had this opportunity potentially to stay in india and not come Mm. back and so you you really kind of mentioned how you decided to come back and why you decided to come back let's go a little bit deeper into you know the why of coming back to this place to this particular neighborhood and uh okay and making that there, are you familiar with the story of Esther in the Bible? I'm not. Yep. So Esther, uh, <clears throat> the king, Esther was Jewish and she married the king. Mm-hmm. Let's go to my church days now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Esther, uh, the, the, the king's priest says like the Jews are evil and we have to kill them. We have to get rid of them. The only way to get rid of them in those days, you, you kill them. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to leave our, our, our thing. And as it turns out, to speak to the king to plead their case because this is a priest that's doing it. The villagers live outside of the castle. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so to have access to the king, you have to have somebody inside. But it just it turns out Esther married the king. So Esther, but Esther is Jewish and Esther doesn't want to go against the king's wishes and so forth. But the power of being inside the castle is access to power, really. Mm-hmm. So we're redundant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Access to power is where you can get things done, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so similarly, I look at New York as the castle. Yeah, got it. Right, like there, you can you can be in the supermarket and like uh, or Whole Foods, and there there's 16 people who are like the most influential in their business or craft or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. or anywhere you go. And if you go to like certain areas or certain restaurants, absolutely. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. I went to. Um, Indochine uh, on Lafayette the other night and around eight o'clock and I looked at the crowd that's coming in and they were all New York because it was Sunday at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's not a tourist thing. It was empty yeah. right before that. Yeah. And you could see all the players coming in like the classic, the same thing with Blue Ribbon or mm-hmm. or Gramercy Tavern or uh, Raul's. Like these are iconic places where people who live here and can mm-hmm. afford their life to go and eat there because sure. you're going to have dinner is going to be $300, sure. $400. It's going to add yeah. up. Right. And when that's the norm, these people have in- access to income. They have access to capital. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to be in that flow, mm-hmm. the yeah. city offers that. Right. It right. Just, and that's just sharing, just showing up. Yeah. But if you just call enough people, you know, it will happen. Right, right, right. So, yeah, it's the magic of New York and the network that just... Yeah, you can, I can, I can accomplish more here mm-hmm. than I can from a mountaintop in India. Of course. And if you're here, then why are you really here? I mean, are we really here to contemplate the the processes of the universe or to spend my days in prayer and meditation? If B, when I was born, what was I doing before? Like to go back to where I was? Mm. Doesn't make the, the logic doesn't 
jive mm, with me. Mm, mm-hmm. So I'm like, then I must be here for a reason, whatever that reason is, I don't know. But if be I make that choice on what I do with it, and my choice is not to spend my time praying or, or looking at where I came from rather than I'm here. Got it. Because no matter what I do, I'm going to end up back there. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. So I kind of look at it like this is my vacation. Oh, okay. All I'm right. on vacation. Uh, towards, yeah. And it's a pain in the ass. I got to pay rent to be here. I got to <laughs> I gotta, I eat. I want to go here. I'm, right. I want to see the area. I wanna, sure. I want a boat ride. Yeah. You know, yeah, all, all the things. things. I want to have drinks at that. Event. I want to go to the Italian <laughs> restaurant over there. You know. Uh, but that's an interesting way to put it as the vacation because the real work is in a, in a different self. Yeah, and it's yeah, not easy. Different. By yeah, no means yeah. in the term vacation, like you're resting. Because right. vacations are not resting. Sure. You, when you get on vacation... Yeah, you, you, have a, you have an agenda. You have things to do. You have to coordinate. Yeah. Well, you're dying to get back. Yeah. Like, I'm going to rest when I get back. I'm so yeah. tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that analogy. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting segue into what I call my mindset hack. Something that you practice, something, something that you know of. What is your way of hacking into your mind? I don't believe in mind. I, it comes up in my language. It comes up in language all the time. I've been working at it because it would mean I would have to separate what I'm, who I am in this present moment and into something else is saying it. Okay. And and through my ex my experience doesn't tell me there's another person in my head saying, Say this, Terry, do this, Terry, do that. Only a thought can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's a thought that says this and a thought that says that, but only thought that matters and counts is the one right now. Okay. So if I'm I'm engaged in this thought right now, there's no way my head is sinking in the background. If I'm not listening to you, I'm gonna go back there. Right. Okay. So you can be saying and I'm talking, I'm listening, let me then I'll have to pause and not listen to you mm-hmm. and go and so say, let me think back in my memory, things that are recorded, and see where my memory tells me. Now I just missed that on the present. So mm. I'd rather people don't even ask me things. Mm, really? Yeah, I'm like why I'm gonna have to go back now and sure. like we're missing out on you. We could sure. be kissing. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> As simple as that. That is simple. That is a simple, mm-hmm. that's a simple, that's a first, that's a first for the podcast. And I, it's an interesting perspective on, yeah, why just, you know, be, and it will always just be, right? And it's all perspectives. Yeah. Well said. They're all perspectives. Yeah. None of them are real and none of them are tangible and they change. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of words, I want to ask you my glocal speak question. So this is where you share a word, a phrase, or a saying that is, uh, a significant or impactful part of your local experience. My local experience? So where where you've been local. Mm-hmm. So whether it's in New York, whether mm-hmm. it's been your time in India, mm-hmm. like different kinds of sayings that, that ring, that are sentiment as part of your local speak. My go-to one is Shakespeare. Okay. Maybe it's not. It is Shakespeare. Uh-huh. If all the world's a sage, right? uh-huh. and I, we tend to look at in in a, in a spectrum of that. Everybody's a player, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's an actor, and so forth. Yeah. And so mine is if all the world's a stage, and own that bitch. Like just be the, be the biggest queen <laughs> there is. Like be a one dance sure. player number one. Like okay. the, the first name on the chart. Sure. And that's how I dress for it in the morning. I get okay. I, I put on. That's why I make these. Okay. Another reason why I make them. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna be fabulous today. Like, okay. I, that's that's what I meant. Like it kept developing and developing. Sure, sure. So, because I, when I have to walk up the stairs, I have to hold these things like a queen yeah, does and so forth. Right? Sure. And you really feel like grand, and people look at you and they take your photographs. Yeah. And people are in awe, and some people don't. Like they're like, "What the hell?" But yeah. they don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. A good amount of people ask 
me if it's religious. And I'm like, I'm wearing flowers, you know, like, uh, nevertheless, it's inter it creates interaction mm -hmm. and it creates more of a stage. Right, right, right. So it's a state. I mean, it's really speaking. You're speaking in your garments. Yes. Yeah, as you present yourself it, as a whole being, it allows it it allows for that. Mm -hmm. It allows for openness. It allows for exposure. It allows for interaction mm -hmm. and communication, mm -hmm. and it allows for identity of like I am this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, I am right, right, yeah. right. So, I think speaking about identity and how you've you've created this this brand, which I think is now. I don't want to say it's more um, relevant than it than anything else before, but but the idea of you know the gender pronouns and like the gender fluidity and things like that. How are you? How are you? Or do you think that your label is being being recognized or viewed or understood in any kind of different context than it may have been maybe five years ago? I I don't fall into any of those understandings of okay. like uh, of what maybe or perceptions or any sure. of those kind of things. Sure. It, it also would it would digress from me like what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm like like I don't know and I'm not gonna know anyway. Okay. Yeah. 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 I did a podcast recently. I don't even listen to it. I'm like okay. I don't want to know. I already said what I said. Okay. Yeah, like okay. how do I sound or perception? So my partner listened to it. Okay. And she said, "Oh, it's very. It's gonna. There will be things that are like Black Panther coming up and like that kind of. Oh, okay. But the, the uh -huh. talk led to that about uh -huh. rebelliousness and sure. the nature of how we are and yeah. we have to come together and like the the Black Panthers came together back. Uh -huh. And I was like, I don't care. I mean, like. Why am I going to listen to that? Then it'll influence the next way I think or whatever mm -hmm. we do. What we put into our mind mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. is where our processes are going to pull information from. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so all the things that happened in the past, let's just say that were uncomfortable, mm -hmm. are there, right? We were, they're there. But if we load up enough new information in front of it, it can't, it's not going to go all the way back to 1966 and pull from it. Mm -hmm. It's going to pull from maybe 1985 or 1995 or 2005. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a long list to go through. Whichever ones are the strongest one is going to do. Yeah. And I choose to build on strong new neural patterns. Okay. Right, yeah. and reinforce those yeah. by listening to them over and over. And sure. I like this, and, and which is great because I create and I make things. Mm -hmm. I'm forced to stitch slowly. Mm -hmm. I'm forced mm -hmm. to go and pin something and think mm -hmm. about it twice. Mm -hmm. And when I make something, I'll pin it up and I'll look at it for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, and then after it's done, I'll just, I'll change it a couple of times, which yeah. works for me. Yeah. And I'll look at it in no light, little light, morning light. And it's like, oh, this wouldn't be good. That doesn't work for me in that light. And then when it's all said and done, I'll wear it. And then when I wear it, if like one side uh, pleats are, are not in the right direction, because the way I do pleats is that the pleats should wrap around your body in two directions ah, okay. to shape the contour of you, sure. as opposed to only going in, in one, one direction. Yes, and then yes. they stick out like that, right. like a fan. Exactly. And I'm like, who does that? Yeah. And so I do them half and half. Yeah. Half goes one way, half the other. Yeah. And there's a split in the middle. Sure. What's nice about the split in the middle is you can part it when you go to the bathroom. Oh, like the, you know, you don't have sure. to take anything off. Sure, sure, sure. There's so much development. Of some yeah, I mean, they're beautiful garments. Yeah. Um, not digressing slightly. So yeah, I don't really care. It's okay. not, um, you know, the other thing, it goes back to those bells and bells. Yeah. People yeah. who are curious or say something or mean something, they, they say it and then they move on themselves to the next sure. complaint. Sure. Or, sure. or celebration or whatever. Got it. Be. Understood. So you 
We talked about the creative side of it, but there's a business side that is always involved with having a label and getting into the fashion industry. So I'm curious about how you are able to and, and how you maybe leverage your advertising experience to actually create a brand that is making money and being in in shops and in, in all of the sales and that business side of it. We're currently at that place now of yeah. looking at that mm -hmm. and the market is ready. Yes. Because somebody just, uh, or my merchandising person just came back, sent me a photo. She was at Saks today mm -hmm. and Off-White has a skirt mm -hmm. in, in the window. Mm -hmm. How beautiful mm -hmm. with pants. Mm -hmm. um, I find that, so uh, if I may digress a little bit, mm -hmm. I, f I was with my little girl the other day and Tom Brown was in the window at uh, Neiman Marcus. Mm -hmm. And mind you, they're putting two skirts, one at Saks and one at window. And I met with Saks, Saks was interested. Mm -hmm. And I said, and she goes, I don't like it. Yours is better. I'm like, okay, you're being opinionated. You're eight years old. I'm like, and but I, I looked at her and said, why are they wearing a skirt and a pants? Right. It's like that story of like, you can't have your foot in the river on the land and yeah. on land at the same yeah. time. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. Like right. you have to either, you're going to yeah. be on land or one. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think there's something just not um, solidified. Uh -huh. they're, they're, they're testing and seeing people like pleasing like sure. men and perceptions sure. are yeah. and either and so i just that's just not me i shouldn't not to get into that but that's mm -hmm. what i'm seeing mm -hmm. um your questions about the business so i find that when i in advertising i, I did really well in publishing so i had many clients and there was a lot of income coming in mm -hmm. and earnings and i find that you buy what you want you want to produce a film you do it you need money here's funding you do those things yeah and i find that you're doing that with people mm. and i always thought of why can't we just do it without the money like, why do we have to do it with the, always money, money, money? Yeah. Well, I understand rent's got to get paid. You're behind this and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But on a whole, that means you can't get anything done unless you have money. And so I started with the premise because I am inherently doing something for the embedderment and of the, the nature of changing perceptions and, yeah. and it shouldn't be because i put money behind it mm -hmm. and so if i sell 10 a year i am happy mm -hmm. i don't okay. have to be in any store or any of those kind of things i never started an envision that i have to be in a sure. store and like that it just so sure. happens other people are doing that and I'm, i i celebrate them got it because the more people that are that change their perceptions yeah. they elevate themselves mm. right and that's mm -hmm. what we really mm -hmm. want is like mm -hmm. the point i'm alluding to is like once we change our thinking about one thing yeah. then we're like well what else is not true right. i'm not identified by exactly. this by by this exactly. this object anymore yeah. then what else can yeah. i'm not identified in? and that's what this does for me yeah and it's like yeah. I use this analogy of like I remember when you first ride a bicycle mm -hmm. and you start going, you're like, Oh my god, like mm -hmm. I can go anywhere. You start thinking you could ride all the way to Asia if there was <laughs> if there was if the land connected. Right. And the reality is you can. Right? Yeah. Exactly. You can. If you just wanna go, you can keep going sure, on. And sure, so Oh, you're like, what else can I ride? I can ride, drive a car next, like right. whatever it might be. Yeah. Or... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the, the the bound is the bound of where your imagination can take you. Ultimately. Yeah. yeah, that's what this does. It it just mm -hmm. changes the perception. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not ident identified as a man wearing pants. That doesn't mm -hmm. make me a man mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, shit, I have four children, you know, and grandchildren. Right. And they're badass on their own. Sure. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not worried about what anybody thinks or say or anything like that. Got that it. makes you an amateur. 
Okay. Right? Like your ignorance is yours and you're still good with me. Sure. It just means that you haven't evolved. You're not growing. Mm -hmm. You're not, you can't see beyond what you only limit you. And the universe loves you just as much, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you can be more. Right. You can be more. So let's talk about the Terry that's not the designer, the one who is in the leisure space. Are you a reader? Are you a watcher? Are you a listener? And what are some of your favorite reads, watches, or listens? I, uh, well, I, I stopped reading because of what I told you, because yeah. I'm putting in more and more yeah. other people's ideas into my head. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I need to experientially come up with a solution for myself. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I need to go through this and I need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Not like, what would somebody do? Mm-hmm. Right? Or mm-hmm. what? how would they handle it? They're not their situation. And how would mm-hmm. they handle it? They're not even here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I... I I, I'm trying to get away from reading, even to the point I said I bought a book today. Um, <laughs> but I, they pile up, like, yeah. and so let them pile up. But that's a habit that we have. And, yeah. uh, it's hard to pick up from. Yeah. The Terry, uh, I do listen every night before I go to bed. Okay. I do. Uh, and the reasoning for that is, as we know, that we still, we still absorb information through sounds. Yes. And so I actually, this is an elaborate sound system. I'm, I'm looking at and it. And yeah. it's constantly yeah. playing something spiritual, like, uh, like, a, okay. like a very melodic tone. Got it. That provokes tranquility. Sure. And I, and, and sound is through waves and yes. it, cr- it permeates into everything. Yes. So it's constantly filling the energy and the space with that. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm listening to, there was, somebody had given me a book in India by uh, an author uh, named Jay Krishnamurti. Mm-hmm. And I just, I had tried listening to him before and I just couldn't get him. It was just, he was just so harsh and hard. And, like, uh, and I, I wanted something airy and light. I wanted to feel like I'm floating and happy and like the universe is glowing. You're going to form into the sunlight. And Jay Krishnamurti is like, wake the fuck up. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like no, you, we need to figure this out together. Like, okay. this is like, it's like, it's all in, it's only happening where in here. Yeah. yeah. And it's only happening in here. Uh-huh. And uh, it's the oddest thing to listen to before you go to bed mm-hmm. because it doesn't transcend you into like a like a floaty, airy mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. But I find that it provokes me to look inwards at my my mm-hmm. belief system, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what I how I look at it. Mm-hmm. And I listen to him almost every night now. I, okay. I tried listening to other people uh, as of late. There's different people I've listened to, sure. you know, uh, Muji, uh, Ramdas, mm-hmm. um, Osho a lot. I listen. Yeah. I used to listen to a lot of Osho. Mm-hmm. And I've learned something uh, from uh, about each of them, about where 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 they develop their insight from and so one of them is would say i would say it's like it's playful like it's not mm-hmm. real it's mm-hmm. like why are you taking it so seriously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or alan watts is like look it's all mm-hmm. a, it's a dance like yeah. it's a dance yeah. yeah and so when you start looking at and uh, reading or listening to all of these people you'll realize the same thing that i mentioned earlier is that everybody had their own method And you can get caught up into one method, but when you have a multitude of them, Mm -hmm. you realize like, well, you know, it started with me because my mom is Muslim, my father is Hindu, and then there's Christianity, Mm -hmm. and then I started looking at the Buddhism because Buddha, you know, um, Zen. And so then you start realizing they're all 
pretty much doing the same thing yeah. in their own way. Exactly. That just it worked in that part of the world. Sure. Right. And as us as global citizens, we can just say like, oh, this is curry and this is Japanese food and this is uh, Chinese food and this is Mexican food mm -hmm. and they're all good. Mm -hmm. And I like it when I'm there. Right. But I don't take the Mexican food and go to Japan and say, "Oh, it's not good because Jap because my because it's not, it's not Mexican. Right. You know, it is not spicy. Sure. The idea of the Japanese food is the simplicity in it and the purity and you know and the minimalism. Like, do you getting into that? And that's what you get from like really immersing yourself in all of them. Mm. And I think like that's pretty much what I do with all of them. I look at all of them as leisure listening mm. but not taking any of them sure. to stock to i don't go up sure. to them to learn anything and it's like i'd rather put that into my space than um my partner was uh, marika was listening to uh an Eng she's she was living in england until recently right mm -hmm. here and there's something on netflix about these violent things that they were doing and there was this guy he had to sleep with a pig because the, the queen's the queen's like niece was kidnapped and wanted to do that and i was so upset i just started dating too and i was like i'm not what this is why would you watch something so disturbing and put that into you uh -huh. and now you're engaged in this disturbingness yeah. which has nothing to do and no benefit but to engage your time that you have which is the most valuable thing mm -hmm. and i was like mm -hmm. and she well she learned fast <laughs> she's wonderful she's super she's a reader yeah, she's like she reads it, yeah. like five books a week she reads okay. like all the time sure. i'm like and she likes to read five pages of this one and that one yeah and so it's good to be around her in that way but i i'm keen on what comes into my mind yeah yeah, got it, got it, got it. I say that and I like The Matrix, you know. <laughs> so you still watch the movies sometimes. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I keep, well, <laughs> what I do is that when I have to work on the computer, sure. which I can't stand. Yeah. I can't, it kills me. Uh -huh. So to, what I do is I like, you know, I have a laptop and then I have a desktop. Okay. And on the laptop, I'll play something that I know. Okay, so uh, you don't have to engage. I don't have to much. engage, and yeah. I can just listen, and yeah. because it's yeah. it's boring to spend. What we only have this sand of time and it's running out and then we're going to take eight hours and put it on a screen yeah you died that yeah, day you're dead yeah you add them all up they don't even matter all you did was you added up enough so you can have a place to sleep and eat mm, okay you never really the system is built that you never really make enough money to say Phew, let's take five years off yeah and let's start, do, right? let's start over again <laughs> right you know? yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, I love that. I love where your energy is. This has been so insightful. And I just really enjoyed the time that you've been able to give to me for yeah. this conversation. Yeah. And so before we, we sign off for today, yeah. do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience? As soon as you go back into a thought in the, about the past or why this happened or that you just miss out on like the present, mm -hmm. not the present, like a gift, like which mm -hmm. is what the present is, mm -hmm. but you miss out on a time that you're never going to get back again. Mm -hmm. So don't repeat it over and over again. Right. As soon as you repeat it, you, you've lost. Yeah. Yeah. Like, please don't. And, yeah. and, all, and all that is, is a thought. Yeah. You're, it, yeah, a thought is going to come about. Let it come. But just if you work, if you look at it, it's going to come. It's going to come. It eventually you'll get into the habit of, of like, oh, please, let me not think about that now. Let me not think about that now. Like, put that off for later. Put that off for later. And look, it's work, and I work at it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not like the brain shuts down. Right. right? Yeah. It's just a, a practice, and I really like that you said that because I think that worry and regret are 
are tied in that and so many people are you know suffering from anxiety and all those things just because they are not in that presence we even if you are mm -hmm. even you you can't help ang uh, getting anxiety mm -hmm. you can't help it mm -hmm. we, we 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 have systems that's been developed in us through our past our DNA brings us into survival yes. mode. Like every animal, mm -hmm. are born knowing what to do, gone wrong. We baby ourselves, right? Because mm -hmm. we're a different kind of species. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in our DNA are things too, like the worry and fright, yeah. you know, and fight or fright, yeah. uh, fight or flight. And we still operate like that. We don't turn it off. And that's okay because we like, oh, we should turn it off. Well, you can't. And uh, you have to live in a mountain in a cave. And I try that. You will eventually like, is this what it's all about? Mm -hmm. uh, is not there more like, what am I doing now? Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's important to know that it's going to happen and it's going to happen all the time. Mm -hmm. But it, what, the fact is that you have, you know that it's going to happen. You know, you're going through it and you're just like, okay, where are my mechanisms now? Yeah. yeah. Let me put in the mechanisms now. I'm going to go through a rough road. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it in a four four-wheel drive, mm -hmm. right? Going. It's going to be a storm. Yeah. I need chain on my tires because of the snow, Yeah. right? What do I need? Or you got caught in it, which is even better, which is what mm -hmm. usually happens. Mm -hmm. We don't intentionally put ourselves in situations, situation, mm -hmm. things will happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm in here now. Let's go on. I ended with one thing. Twice I, I was in Mexico and two times I got taken out by riptides. Oh. And nobody's on the beach. Maybe, you know, it's friggin' it's Mexico and this wide open, beautiful beach. And you don't know where the riptides are. I got taken out and I'm going and I am not the strongest swimmer. And I used to be a strong swimmer. I, yeah. I am a rescue diver, but I've been doing it for years. Sure. And, and everything is practice. If you don't have a practice, yeah. you get tired. Yeah. Probably was drinking the night before. Yeah. And I remember I'm getting taken out and I was really far out where the buildings were like getting smaller and smaller. And I said to myself, so are you ready to die today mm -hmm. because you're not going to be able to swim back you just see you just and what do you do in this situation and i remember saying well i'm not ready to die today mm -hmm. like this is not this doesn't have to kill me and i and then it was just a shift in thinking like this yeah. doesn't have to kill me what do i have to do and i went to my rational mind not to panic okay you don't exhaust yourself yeah uh swim diagonal to the beach because yep. the riptide just only goes in one direction exactly. and then just have enough energy to touch the sand yeah. And I remember that if you hold your breath and you go down, you cut your breath is full of air, air full of your lungs is full of air and you're a balloon. I remember it from my diving lessons mm -hmm. and I just did uh, all the way back when I got tired to touch the sand. And I remember as soon as I touched the sand, I, I was still too deep in water because mm -hmm. I was going up and down. Mm -hmm. I can, I was like, I can just die here. I'm fine because I'm so close to you. Just, and then you got on the beach and you forgot all about it. You almost died. Mm. because you know you had it all right. along the way right. like it's like i wasn't gonna die you forgot like oh my god i did, can't believe i made it it was none of that it was like okay all right let's go let me go lay down on the beach i'm not going in the water again yeah. um but um, like, it wasn't like hey guys guess what I, there was no celebration right. there was none right. of that there was no celebration of life sure. or any of those kind of sure. things it was just, just like the normal it. thing just yeah. doing it yeah yeah i love that thank you for sharing that story it's a Not great story. Really? It's just freaking like you, the water takes you out. And and everything in life does that. It's right. Bills, yeah, partners, exactly. stress, yeah. your mother's and father's problems, whatever. Yeah. Somebody gets sick, you get pulled out into it, right? Exactly. But you know, you can be pulled out, but it's not you. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just that moment. Yeah. So. 
Thank you, Mr. Terry Singh, for joining us for this episode of the podcast. You've been listening to Glocal Citizens listeners. You can catch us with new episodes each and every Tuesday at GlocalCitizensPod.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Please like, share, or subscribe. Tell a friend. Um, leave a comment. It helps people find good content online. And until next time, bye for now. <laughs>